Welcome to Grizzly Habits, episode number five. Today we have Tyrell Johnson, owner and founder of Envision and Automotive Personalized. Now we've taken a little bit of a break from our podcast because we've been busy on our YouTube channel doing a review of the brand new 2022 GMC Sierra 1500 AT4X, which is a new line of car that they've built that is deemed to be a luxurious yet capable off-road vehicle. So check that out on our YouTube channel. But Tyrell is a good friend of ours, and we were around when he started Envision, and it's been nice looking from the outside in, seeing him be successful over the course of the last 10 years. So we're going to talk about what it takes to start a business, and in my opinion, there's two crucial ingredients. We're also going to talk a little bit about why Tyrell sits in a nice cold river surrounded in snow. Willpower, what it takes to overcome adversity, (laughs) and will he do it again? Exactly. (laughs) Stay tuned. Give us a follow at grizzly.habits. Oh, it's a, I mean, Ty, I didn't even know how we met. I know it was through the moto days way, way back when. I mean, Stephanie's like a big part of that because you knew Casey Cook, right? Before Mm -hmm. Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like really like Casey Cook is kind of, man, I've met so many incredible people because of that dude. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Very glad I was able to meet Casey. And Ty met Casey because. Yeah, I did. did Hey, thank you for that. How did (laughs) you meet Casey? How did I meet Casey or how did I meet Ty? How did you meet Casey? At Godfrey Entertainment? No, I knew Ty. I've known Ty since I was 16. Ty and I met in a McDonald's parking lot. Mm. Mm. Classy. (laughs) Who approached her? Classy. (laughs) Who who made the move? I don't know. I'm excited to hear her version. (laughs) I I need to hear this. I don't know. This is Subaru day. You had a Subaru or something. I had a Subaru. Ty had a Civic. And I think you were with Shane. Yeah? Probably. Shane Hemsley. Yeah. All these names. It's cars. Flashback. Cars. Yeah. I worked in Bountiful and Ty lived in Bountiful. You lived in Bountiful? Yeah, that's really how we met though, is because you were always driving back and forth and then we just like started talking cars, I Mm -hmm. think, at stoplights. Like I really think that's how it was if I really remember it, right? She had like a white Subaru back then. I did. Was this before or after Fast and Furious? Oh, it was it was it was like hard hard middle. Right there where we were all just (laughs) going and breaking the law all the time. Tokyo Drift or like No, the the OG. So so green Mitsubishi. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. And hers made blow off valve noises and that's what made it so fun. I had a three fifty Z at that time. Mm. You would have fit in our crowd. A three fifty Z. And it was right before Tokyo Drift, so I was kind of upset because I didn't like Tokyo Drift. And <laughs> DK's Z looked just like mine, and I'm like, no, well, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, was that was a fun days. car. I love that car. Yeah. It's a great car. Cars has brought me here, though. I guess that's the reality, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tyrell, you've you work with cars every single day. Every day, still. That's your life. Yeah. And you love it. I do. I mean, what more could I ask for? You ever get sick of it? Like. It's got its moments, obviously. Everything's got its frustration when your art project's not going the way you want it to go. <laughs> and that's what it's considered to me when I'm modifying somebody's vehicle, right? I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a crazy thing to think that, like, I didn't apply myself at all in high school. I just always had an import tuner magazine in front of me. And I was told I was going to go nowhere throughout my entire existence. Now, I'm not saying everybody should go be a high school dropout, which I'm not, because somehow I manipulated the system enough to still graduate, because some applied skills teacher believed in Tyrell's <laughs> ability and you needed at least this certificate and you're too smart for this is the way that she looked at it. I just didn't want to apply myself in high school. And so to like go from that to car wash boys to all the other miscellaneous jobs I've had to getting to where I am now at 38, 
20 years, I would have never, never guessed from when we first met that mm-hmm. this is what I would be doing is having million dollar cars in my shop on the regular that we're helping protect and do stuff to. Well, let's, let's talk about that. So you say where you are now, and for those listening, you know, where you are now is actually pretty damn far along considering the clientele you have and the cars that you work with every day, you have a, uh, and, and I'm probably going to hack it, but it started as an automotive tint shop. And now it's like mm-hmm. a really automotive specialty shop where you do end to end performance upgrades, wraps, tint, um, you name it to luxury vehicles. Yep. Um, so it's not like you're just an average shop. People trust you. They put a lot of faith in everything that you do for their vehicles and they bring them back to you. And that's how you found success. So whether it's the customer service or the <laughs> skills you have or the team on board, like we'll talk about all of that, but realistically where you are now is pretty damn good. Yeah. I have uh, I have nothing to complain about. It's just, you know, continuous forward motion. And that's really, you know, it is finding good people and growing with them. It's really cool though, to see the transition from like, I remember my very first car that you tinted for me was in like the back of somebody else's garage. Mm -hmm. We showed up and it was just like a place for him to tint my Subaru. Like it pay some dude $10 in Magna to use their garage and be my friend for a day. Yeah, exactly. All all good businesses start in a garage at some point. I mean, (laughs) jobs started there, (laughs) but it's just crazy to see that like you've gone from that to then like owning your own shop and then you got more space in that same shop area. And then you moved like into the space that you are now. I mean, it was, how long ago did you move into the space you are now? Um, I actually just got a Facebook thing today. It was like six years ago. I had Shay in there spray painting the interior. Mm-hmm. So I mean, six years Jeez. ago, I was remodeling that place and ripping out a green mm-hmm. floor and working there. Mm-hmm. Mirrored walls. 20 hours a day and like, you know, just trying to put as much effort I could mm-hmm. forth in that new building to just give it uh, that curb appeal and that better attraction that I wasn't able to do in my, my previous unit and I mean, it's paid off tremendously to, to take that effort and invest $100,000 into a building I'm renting that is eventually just garbage, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad to look at it that way, but I wouldn't change any of the process for that reason. Yeah, that's awesome. And for those listening, it's Envision uh, on Instagram, Automotive Personalized. And you can go scroll through the Instagram page. I think you have 50 plus thousand followers. So you have quite the large following. And the amount of detail that you put into your work, you can just scroll through some of those cars you've worked on and they're incredible. So look them up. Uh, is it envision.com? Um, automotivepersonalized.com. Okay, perfect. Yep. Um, so is that a branding thing too? Because I know you started at the very beginning with en- Envision. You know, and Envision is what I would still consider what the, what Envision is, right? Is the idea of what can I what can I build for you? What is your vision? Let's envision this together, right? Like that's kind of where that name came about, but it really just started with window tint. And I wasn't like, I want to be envision tint or I want to be super tints. Like I, I knew that I wanted to be able to branch it off into something bigger than just a window tint shop when I first started. Cause that wasn't really the only thing that I had dreamed about. Right. So at the time it was just envision. And then I was just looking for another description of what envision is. And, you know, personalizing a vehicle is really what I want to do. It's, it's to your liking or your liking, not to mine. Right. And that's what I love about personalizing a vehicle is that everybody has their own fit and flavor and taste. And it's, it's awesome to be able to modify somebody's vehicle for their liking. I mean, tint, paint protection, those things that are necessary, I feel, in vehicles. But then when you get into wheels, air suspension, superchargers, turboing, R8s, I mean, we've done so many awesome, fun projects for our clients. It really is just an endless what, 
what do you want to do? And if it's fun enough, I guess I'll try it. And I guess we should probably clarify, like, it's not just cars. You've had helicopters. You've had That's right. semi-trucks. Yeah. You've two had two helicopters in there. That's kind of crazy. I remember about. the first time I saw your new shop, I walked in and there's a helicopter. I'm like, whoa. What the? <laughs> that's Okay, that, that's pretty cool. I've houseboats. I've yeah. done a bunch of work for High Times Magazine. We went out and wrapped a bunch of their um, new dispensaries that are coming across the country. So You wrapped and, a bowling alley? Yeah, I got yeah, you did a, a bowling, bowling alley. alley in one of Steph's houses. Yeah, we do a lot of fun restaurants. Santorino's, which is like a new Greek restaurant that's popping up everywhere. We've done all the interior in those. and It's, a, it's fun to be able to take something that I felt was missing, missing more than just marketing, right? Like a plumbing truck, yes, you can go get your thing done and plumbed and they'll cut around your handles and they'll Mm -hmm. not take the bed off and wrap the back of the cab or they'll not take whatever extra amount of effort I feel is needed to be applied for the art, even if it is a plumbing truck. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to still make it installed like it was a Ferrari and I want it to last as long as possible where a lot of places are cheating and doing things that are saving a little bit of time and effort and it's at the end of the day losing the longevity of the vinyl, losing the longevity of whatever it is. And that's what's so crazy is obviously this just started with window tint out of people's garages 15 years ago, right? And it was more just Tyrell didn't want to work for anybody. And then somehow I continued to attract more and more clients. And now we're here. But when we did start the graphics company and me and Trevor partnered up, you know, that was an initial like, let's invest $100,000. Let's buy a printer. Let's buy a laminator. Let's buy the computers. Let's buy everything that we're going to need to do it. And that was just learning to throw away $10,000 in material to figure out how to operate it. So... <laughs> It's like every step forward is still a step backwards, but then eventually it's like, look where we're at now. And it's like, I would have never dreamt that I'd have this powerful of a team around me if I wouldn't have been able to sacrifice 20 hour nights, seven days a week at one point. Yeah. And, and we're going to get to, so the, the main point of this podcast is we're going to talk about starting a business and it's a lot simpler than everyone listening thinks. Sure. So we'll get back to that. But I actually had a Facebook memory pop up. Uh, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago and it was back when you very first got your printer. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to be with my life. I was actually still working at the job I'm at today, but you know, I had this vision to do something with graphic design or whatever. And I was making dirt bike graphics. Do you remember like the first time we did my I do. bike? I do. Way back, it was like one of the I first do. things we printed out yeah. there and not only were the colors off from my design work, like I used the wrong black, like I was learning, but we also didn't take into account the contour of the bike. So we installed them. We're like, well, that doesn't really line up, but it was a learning process. Yeah. And, and nonetheless, like it got you started and you then started wrapping a bunch of cars and, and here you are today doing supercars, right? Yeah. That's cool. So um, starting a business, let's, let's jump to that topic really quick. So I'm going to get personal here because there's a lot of people following, you know, Steph, you support different people in the trades industry, whether it's for equity women in, in building or whether it's youth who are looking for something different. Micro does a really good job at, you know, pr- promoting. Uh, yeah, just, I aspire to be micro. Yeah, I aspire to have <laughs> micro on our, I just aspire to have a drink with micro. I was going to say have him on our podcast. He makes but his own whiskey now. Like, I think if I just walk past him down the street and he like waved to me, I think that's enough. <laughs> I think I'm like, oh, thank you. But anyway, like he does the same thing where, um, micro, he just, he just promotes, promotes that alternate path. And that's our goal with Grizzly Habits is a, we want to promote happiness. So figure out what makes people happy and just make some fun videos behind it. But then, um, next to that, we want to make sure that we share other stories from other people who have found success and Ty, you've certainly found success and it's definitely mm-hmm. an alternate path. Um, but starting a business isn't as hard as a lot of people make it to be. And the reason I say that is, in my mind, there's two reasons 
that will make you, or two things that will make you be successful when you're starting a business. Um, one of them is mindset, willpower. It's just getting started. Getting started is half the battle, right? So um, as human beings, we fear the unknown and you drop your own conclusion and you think about a lot of things where if I start a business, this might happen or that might happen or I might lose this or this account might not come through or I might not make payroll. But those are all what ifs. They haven't happened yet. So it's the definition of anxiety is you're creating this false sense of anxiety for something you haven't even done yet. Right. So step one, just start. Start somewhere. If you want to start it as a part-time thing, start it as a part-time thing. If you want to jump and do it full-time, make sure you're ready. Now, the second piece to that is having your why. Because if you don't have your why, you'll never be successful. And your why could be many different things. We disagree as human beings for a, for a reason, and that's a good exactly. thing, right? Disagreements cause evolution and everything. So if, if you have your own personal why and you have the willpower to get started, I believe you'll be successful. Yep. And what better person to talk to about that than Tyrell? And Ty, you know, we've disconnected throughout the years. Uh, we've done vacations and trips together to San Diego. Mm. Um, we've mm. we spent that New Year's together. Time. Yeah, we've had a lot of really good times, but we've also been disconnected just growing yeah. up in our own lives. You have a beautiful family you've started, and you know I've been kind of chasing my own dreams here. But now that we've reconnected, I, I've still been following you on social media, and you're the most consistent person as far as attitude uh, that I have seen throughout the course of the last 10 years. And I guess particularly what I mean by that is, you know, I've seen you repost messages you've shared three years ago that still hit home with you. They right. still, it's still what you preach is still who you are. And your mindset is that, Hey, things happen, but my attitude's going to get me to the next step. And maybe we take a minute to talk about some of the, the uh, barriers throughout your business where you face, where you've maybe had that moment to say, Hey, am I doing the right thing? But just by a simple shift in mindset, you've gotten through it and said, well, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there's handfuls of those. That's the fun part, man. I mean, and then the, you, you bring up the why and the why, the why changes as time progresses, no matter what, right? Because my why back then is that I didn't want to work for anybody. That was my why. And that you didn't want to work for anybody else. That was my only why. Like I just like, I've, I've worked for people and I didn't like being bossed around. I don't mind if somebody asks me to do something in a kind way and I'll work side by side with you very plentifully, right? But I, I remember that I worked at the buckle for a little bit. And <laughs> you worked at buckle. I, worked, I, wanted, I wanted the 40% off. I was right? a footlocker across wanted, the street. Oh, a fashion boy. place. We should have went and ate together. Oh, man. <laughs> Dang it. It's, it's funny to look back at that, though. And then I had a manager that she told me to go do something. Go fold that. Go do that. And I was like, you can ask me to do that and I'll go do that. But it's like, I don't like how you're telling me to do that. And she's like, no, you'll go do that. And I'm just like, all right, I'm done. And that was like when I quit. But it's like, that's just one instance of somebody trying to be your boss versus somebody trying to be your leader. And I definitely don't have a problem with following somebody else and learning from that person, right? But I just wanted to create my own path. I think that's really what it came down to is it was just... I didn't like working for somebody else and I wanted to figure something out. And I started tinting windows out of people's garages and that helped out a little bit. And I landed a couple of dealerships and you know, the next thing I knew is I had a business, right? It wasn't uh, it wasn't the plan forward was just to start envision to what it is today. Like it would have never become this without so many great challenges and people along the way. And yeah. it's nice to say too, that being flexible in your why, you know, that's really important because the market changes, your customers change, clients change. Yeah. Um, so the demand changes. So being flexible to say, Hey, I started with this one vision. That was my why, but 
mm, I'm okay with this one too. Like that one looks good. Let's go do that as well. But as long as it connects to you, make sure you're, you're doing what you want to do and you'll be successful. I just remember like, I mean, you were tinting cars forever. You started wrapping cars. You wrapped the Audi for Trevor. And mm-hmm. then next thing I know, I'm pulling a trophy truck into your shop saying, can you do it? Yeah. You're like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly it. like, I look back at that as perspective when Thrillbillies was a thing like that mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I'll buy this expensive printer machine and do this job. Sure. I believe I can do it. Right. And man, was <laughs> I made that, the headlights. Was that the hardest <laughs> word? Do you remember that? I made the you headlights. Did, did that you did, didn't you? You actually yeah. designed them. <laughs> Boom. Full circle here. Look at yeah. that. I Full totally circle. forgot that's about so that. That's so funny to look back at that. <laughs> I just like, remember that as being the most stressful time of my life. So it's like, it's funny when you look at perspective of what that is. And now I look back at that and it's like, man, that was just a lot of fun is really what it was. Like, but you didn't was just say such no. A good time. No. Like that, that's one of the most important things is like, you're, you're always the same person you've always been. And like, you're willing to learn and change and transform and try and try something new. So biting off more than you can chew is the better method. Like I really do. Like I'd rather bite off more than I can chew, choke to death. And then maybe it's over than just nibble at mediocrity for the rest of my life. And I, I'm far from what people would say is successful and wealthy and those things. But what I would consider what success was for me is that I've dictated the last 15 years of my life for my liking. Right. Like I've lived my life for me and that's awesome, right? I haven't had to show up for a job that I hated every single day for 15 years. I mean, it's one thing to, to show up for a job that you believe in and that's what I love about Envision is I've got 20 passionate people working for the same one goal and that's making sure that client's taken care of to the fullest extent, right? But getting to that point and getting to that process of having 20 good employees and even if you have one bad employee, how much that one bad employee can wear off on the other 20 and to learn every dynamic along the way. But the reality is if you want to start a business, you just say what it is that you want to do that you're passionate about. Tell five of your best friends and your life will be set. Like that's it. I mean, I was fortunate enough to, to have you in my life from us being stupid teenagers and <laughs> racing cars together and that, to think that that was like an opportunity. Hey, Ty, do you think you could do this? Well, I guess I could probably do that. I remember like, borrowing the printer at regional because they couldn't get my printer. And I was like, I mean, I was running around like a madman trying to make that happen. But the reality is, is that if you think you can make something happen, make it happen. You believed in yourself enough to do it. Right. I think is one of the most important things. And it's, um, a lot of people get scared. A lot of people want to start a business. They want to have their own empire. They want to be successful, but they're scared. And I think that's a really cool thing. And like a really great quality you have is, you're willing to take the risk and you always have been and it's gotten you where you are today. You just keep risking everything forward. It's really the opportunity that you have. It's like, you know, if you have the opportunity to grow, then take the risk, make it happen again. Right. Yeah. And we're biting off this new shop six years ago and being like, man, this is a lot of square footage. It's going to cost a lot. Like this is going to be really hard, but it was just crazy how fast it evolved into what it is six years later. And now I'm wishing I would have had another 30,000 square feet. Right. So it's like, you know, everything in process and eventually there'll be the next move and then eventually there'll be another growth, but there's still so much refinement that can still happen in our shop and, you know, we're on a good pace. I'm really happy. You said one thing earlier that's still hanging with me and I want to come back to it is, you know, you said you're not, you're not a wealthy man, but you, you kind of have everything together. Right. And that's really important. Something I learned from a mentor in my life, and I know he's listening to this podcast too, <laughs> um, but a mentor in my life told me you need to understand the difference between being wealthy and being rich. Because rich can really be defined as a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Your health, your family, Mm -hmm. a roof over your heads, food in your belly. It could be money. It could be cars. It could be material items. But 
that's your own definition. So as long as what you're doing makes you rich, if it's a balance in your work schedule that owning a business gives you, if it's being able to step away to go spend a weekend with your friends or family, like know the difference between rich and wealth. If you chase money your entire life, it'll never come to you. And it's not, it really is not that great. Like I've seen money work in awesome ways for humans. And then I've seen it completely ruin people. So there's, there's so much dynamic there that if that's the chase, then you're not doing the right thing. If that's your why I want to build a business is because I want to get rich. I mean, great. Yeah. I mean, obviously I would like to become a multimillionaire one day, but until then I'm just going to continue to risk all of my money into Envision and keep on hiring more people and keep on pressing those margins to make Envision grow and take care of customers that much better. But it's interesting when you put that, that idea out there, right? If you go in for money, you'll never be happy because it no. doesn't come quick. No. No matter what you do, unless you've found the best thing since sliced bread, if I can use that <laughs> analogy, the money doesn't come quick. And it's a lot of hard work. It's painful. It's sacrifice. Um, and if that's the thing you're chasing, then you're not going to be happy too. Like, you know, I, I, I was chasing time with my family and that's still what I chase, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's where I do appreciate that I have given myself the opportunity to have worked so hard in my past to be able to have those ability to say, no, I'm taking off with my family this weekend and the shop still runs sufficient and everybody's doing their jobs, right? I mean, that's such a great accomplishment for me to have finally have accomplished, but it's taken X amount of years to actually get to this point, right? Doesn't happen overnight. No. Of course. Well, let's take a quick break and they'll come back and I actually want to talk about your buckle days one more time. So (laughs) (laughs) listen in. I got a story. (laughs) We hope you're enjoying the conversation with Tyrell at Envision. We had the opportunity to take our new GMC Sierra 1500 AT4X over to the guys at Automotive Personalized so they could personalize our ride. Come along for the experience and stay tuned for the conversation of how it all began. As always, follow along on YouTube with exclusive video content from these podcasts at Grizzly Habits. All right, jumping back in here. So you talked about your supervisor back at Buckle who told you instead of asking you to fold some Mm, clothes. I know where this is going. And I worked at, I can't name the brand here, but if my old boss, the owner of this company is listening, she's going to be like, I knew that kid would turn into nothing, right? (laughs) (laughs) I worked at a chocolate factory out of high school. And and when I say out of high school, like I graduated early because in Utah, if you don't take seminary, you get extra credits. So Mm -hmm. you're past your credit limit so you can actually graduate early. So I did. I graduated early and I worked at this chocolate store with my girlfriend at the time. And I remember it was like a Friday night game night, right? It was, it was one of the season finales or something like that. So I tried calling in to get the day off and it just wouldn't fly. I'm I'm like, Hey, I I can't make it in. Like, this is important to me. I got to support my friends. And her response was, this is a life decision you need to make right now. You need to pick between your career and your friends. And I remember I literally, I just started laughing. And I'm like, if I'm working at a chocolate store for the rest of my life, like I've done something. And for those that work at a chocolate factory, like that's cool. Yeah. It's just not for me. Like I, I can't dip and twist pretzels all day long. Like I got to do something different. So there's people that fit in this industry, but I am not that person. So my girlfriend at the time, I get, I immediately after I, I make that, life-changing decision my girlfriend calls me she goes what just happened did you just get fired and I'm like I don't I don't think I technically got <laughs> fired but I just said I wasn't coming in she's like, well, what did she tell you she said I needed to make a life decision and 
I chose my friends. <laughs> She's like, oh, and my, the worst part of it is my girlfriend. She had to pull my shift. So she had to stay at work because I pulled the no show. So then like it caused more life problems. So she was actually right at the end of the day where, you know, maybe the chocolate factory wasn't my problem, but it was just my relationship. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, that's when I moved away. And, and then I, uh, I went into med device. Childhood well, careers. From chocolate to med device, which is a great career for anyone interested. It's from a lot of fun. From buckle to tent. From buckle to Man, from all helicopters. Sorts, from all sorts of things. <laughs> buckle to helicopters. Uh, I think that was what I did is I worked in so many places and found out that this isn't for me. Yeah. I did a lot. A lot of a discover card for a year of my life. Mm -hmm. That was miserable. You learned though. Yeah. You learned. I also learned that I needed to find some drive and figure out what it is that I want to do for myself for the rest of my life. And I think that's yeah. the, the other important key factor that it's not just starting the business because that is one thing, but it's just what are you going to do to start your own path in life? Or are you going to start taking care of yourself in which fashions? Because no matter what point I've grown the business, it was stressful in day one and sure it's been fun too, but it's still dressed, it's still just as stressful. It still just has its different stresses, right? And it's like, those, those will never go away. And how are you going to end up dealing with those stresses is really it. Are you doing something to take care of yourself? Are you doing something to relieve those stresses, right? What are those? Yeah. 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 How, do you, how do you deal with, you know, I'm thinking of like all the things that go wrong with a business. And there's a lot of them. Like, I think there's things, more things that go wrong than go right. Going right is like hitting your margins and your revenue. Like mm. if, you're, if you're making payroll, things are good. Yeah. If, you're, yeah. if your employees are happy, things are good. Mm -hmm. But Aside from that, like there's always something to deal with. Mm -hmm. So how do you view, let's call it negative criticism, whether it's like a bad review, whether it's a competitor knocking your shop, whether it's a $5,000 wheel getting a yeah, destroyed. $5,000 wheel you know, getting destroyed. As far but, as what other people say, it's just, it's, I just come to find out at some point in my life that it's none of my business. It's none of my business what anybody else thinks, says, or says about me. I don't care. Like, it just really doesn't change anything, right? As much thought as I'm going to put into it, it's not going to change anything. So I try to stay out of those type of conversations. But if it's with somebody inside of my shop or we do have something that does go wrong, or I do get a bad review because, you know, I essentially messed up because I didn't, make my employees up to as good of par as whatever it is to make somebody complain. Right. Right. So at the end of the day, if there is something, a complaint on my shop, it's my fault because I obviously initially I initiated this. So I can't point a finger. I just got to figure out how to solve the problem. And we're really good at kissing people's asses and you just got to sometimes. Right. And there are those people that you just got to do that for a bit of a time, but there's also customers you got to fire. I mean, it's the, there's, there's, there's so many dynamics that are existing there. Well, that's what I'm kind of getting at too. And I, I knew you were going to kind of lead into this, which is why I asked you, but um, a lot of people view negative criticism or negative reviews like a bad thing or a disruption, right? It's like, oh, now I have to waste my time going to fix this review with Google or take yeah. care of this rumor or whatever. Mm -hmm. But for the businesses I've been part of and the ones that I've grown, the negative reviews are actually the best criticism you can have yeah. because you have someone that's lit up that's overly honest with mm -hmm. you and they're going to give you every angle that you have. And that's your chance to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right or 100%. wrong. That's your chance to learn. So I found that too, where, where people who take negative reviews or rumors or whatever, seriously to say, okay, well, someone's saying this for a reason. So maybe the reason isn't legitimate from my perspective, but there's still some reason why they're saying this. So let me dig into it with my off-road company that I had. I would actually take the negative reviews and um, actually the, when I um, 
didn't really sell it. But when I got rid of the off-road company, there's now a new manager of the company and they're taking care of it. But when I transitioned that company, it was a complete five-star rating. There was nothing less than five stars. That doesn't mean I never got a less than five-star review, right. but I would reach out to those, those bad reviews. I'd say, hey, nobody does this. I've, I haven't had one of these reviews. I'm really curious. Can I talk to you about this? Yeah, I'm really sorry, yeah. man. Like, is there something I can do to like change your opinion? Funny thing actually happened with reviews, okay? And it's a plumbing company that still exists here around Salt Lake Valley. And I think it's amazing because of how many plumbing vehicles I do see that he has, right? He's grown a, a really big business for himself now. But before I ended up buying my printer, I had a plotter, just a plotter, and I did stickers, and I was yep. doing small advertisement jobs. And so I did his plumbing truck for him. And he brought me this truck, and it was just a pile. Like, the sides had somebody taken a die grinder to it, and the paint was kind of falling off in places, and... You know, I needed 800 bucks. And he's like, I got to pay rent. So, yeah, I'll do your plumbing truck. And I, nothing I could do to try to smooth out this. I mean, it was textured. Like, it was it was just like <laughs> it was custom. stucco on the side <laughs> of a box truck. That right? you're trying to wrap. That I'm trying to put stickers on. And I did it. And they were all stuck on there. And I tried melting them on there as good as I can. And, you know, six months later, some of his stickers started coming off. And it's like he wanted me to warranty it for him. And I'm like, dude, like, I can only... And this is a good example of the tracked customers that you want to work with too. But yeah. anyways, I end up fixing the, fixing the truck for him again. And, you know, a year passes and more things are happening and things are wrong. And he leaves me a bad review because of it. And it's a bad review. Really negative, right? Time goes on, don't care about it. We're, we fast forward until, I mean, I think it's been a year, year and a half ago. He went out of his way to leave another negative review on my shop. Now, keep in mind, I, I did this 12 years ago, and he's still holding a grudge against Tyrell. <laughs> I was a one-man band, and now he's giving my team a bad review, and he didn't even get anything done. He just came back on Google to be an ass and left me a bad review, and that's when I reached out to him, and I said, man, like, what can I, can I wrap 10 of your vehicles for free now that I've created a successful business for myself? I can see that you've created a successful business for yourself, but... I've done something to wrong you to, to make you so upset that you, it, we're talking 10 years ago, pal. Like, you know, what can I do to make you happy to forgive and forget? You want your 800 bucks? Like I'll give you $800 right now. I'm like, you know, and it's not even about the review. It's about your mental health. Like I'm worried about you as a person because nobody should be holding on to a grudge with an argument with somebody a day ago, Yeah. let alone 10 years yeah. ago. So I'm yeah. like, bro. And anyways, he ended up deleting it, and I haven't heard from him since. But well, that's good. I'm that's just good. like, that's what, what is that, man? Like, what did you decide to hold on to that fiery ball for that against me for one conversation that I'm, I'm sure I'm a hot-headed person, and I do come off some ways and can be rude to somebody, and I rubbed him the wrong way, and I do feel bad about that. You it's know, obviously it's I'm not humans, meaning to do that. It's human psychology. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, there's there's bad reviews for a reason, and, yeah. and some people some people don't understand the impact. You know, some people do it as a way to get back, mm -hmm. which is the wrong way to do it unless it's exactly honest. Right. A bad review is merited if, if it was truly a bad experience. For sure. But that's, we've talked about this a lot with reviews is with Grizzly Habits, you know, we review products, we review companies, but we won't talk about the bad because right. we feel that, you know, there's a lot of studies out there that the amount of positive reviews it takes to overturn one negative, like sure. it's just yeah. monumental and a negative review truly impacts those yeah. bad companies. So 
Focus more on the positive companies. But that's really just life in general, right? Is that oh, like, for sure. So uh-huh. people get hardwired sure. into the idea of just the negative. Oh, man, this is a bad experience. I'm going to leave a bad review. And it's just like to be wired that way is damaging to yourself. Like it's not good to be that way. Yeah, oh, 100%. You know what's really interesting, though? It's like you and I have a lot of the same personality. Like we're pretty quick to re- react to things. Right. Pretty hot-headed for the most part. Pretty hot <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely... <laughs> Yeah, I get set off in a way and I definitely will speak my mind. But it's interesting to see like the way you've learned to handle those things and like the things you do in your personal life to help you become more of like, (laughs) that works more just like in your own like Zen state. Like you've found a way to calm yourself personally that helps you become a better person, which in turn helps your business become better and helps you do those things like make that phone call and react to someone in a very calm way of like, Hey, you know, I know you just left me a pretty nasty review. We haven't done business in a long time, but how can I fix it rather than what our natural personalities do, which is screw this guy, Yeah, you know? So I think it's interesting. And I think a lot of people need to understand there are ways to improve personally, which will improve your life professionally. So like, what are some things that you do in your own personal life to help improve like who you are and how you react and how you just like live life? Man, there's so many baby steps though, right? Yep. And it's unlearning bad habits of past. I think that's really it is like a lot of us get stuck in an auto domesticated creature for our entire life. And we don't challenge why we are the person that we became versus you know, I, I used the sad story of why I was a fat kid 10 years ago as my sad story. No, I did this. I hurt myself back when I was 15. And I was in this cast and mm. now I have this problem. I did this. And so, yeah, like that bad poor thing me. happened to me and people would give me a, oh man, poor Tyrell. Yeah. Here's your doctor's note. You don't have to do the gym. Right. Well, we have, we have cognitive habits of justification for sure. Right. right? It's just, right. just who we are as humans. For some reason you want to justify Trying every to wrongdoing. Unwire that programming though of just domesticating yourself even just agreeing with this is who i am versus this is who i want to be right and it's you know lots of steps forward to get to that point i mean there's lots of things that i still have to do every day just to manage my own stress level because obviously every single person has their own stress level but you multiply stress levels the other stuff seems far less stressful like Mm -hmm. man if i go back to five years ago i wouldn't even be stressed anymore right it's like that's that idea but it's like you know I just find growth in the stress now because if you can push that and learn how to control what real stress is, which you can, but it's just, it's in willpower and drive all together, right? It's constantly improving. If you can learn to handle one thing today, you can learn to handle something else tomorrow and, you know, one foot in front of the other kind of a thing. I find one of the biggest things that I've done personally, and I think that's been the biggest growth in my personal life to help me move forward as a human is giving myself my morning to me. And saying, yeah. nope, I'm waking up. And we, even even when I didn't feel it, like I had the energy to do anything at the gym, I still drove to the gym and I listened to a book and laid out by the pool or something. I still made sure that the habit was there to get my ass out of bed and, and move forward with my day. And that's the biggest thing that I think I've done over the last 10 years that's been the number one improver is to say, no, you're going to give yourself two hours in the morning before anybody else can interrupt your thought process. And for me, it wasn't the gym after hours isn't a thing. I've got all these other thoughts that I've activated, all this other day of stress that I'm trying to undo. And some people, it does help. You know, it's their stress relief at night and that works for them. But to me, it's just 
clear head in the morning and being able to get after it. And that's, uh, you know, that was really the thing that started to pave my way. And I was once 300 pounds and I didn't want to be a fat kid anymore. Took a year of the most effort and the most drive that I can ever even exist thinking of. Like I didn't have pie on Thanksgiving. Like it was like no <laughs> beer, no nothing, no sugar, no Red Bulls, no nothing. Like, I mean, I was really disciplined cause I was like, I was in pain. I was in a bad place. Doctors prescribed me lower tab and ibuprofen for pain relief and that's why your back hurts. I mean, I remember getting out of bed and like falling to the ground crying and Whitney's in there like feeling bad for me. And it's like what I needed to do is stop feeling bad for myself and start really suffering and, and getting through my, my own personal problems and my own personal defects, which I'm grateful that that person was willing to suffer forward today. Yeah. So w- walk through a, a typical day for you. I know you wake up early. That's so my favorite part about Ty is his Instagram stories in the morning is like yeah, watching what he does and how like it's super inspiring. Like explain what you do. Yeah, I am not motivated enough. Just and I have to though. side note. I, <laughs> I mean, I did. I suffered from so many past injuries that my body just ached. And now it's like if I don't keep up with my regimen, those come back. But now I'm living here in a completely pain free, mobile body, very capable of doing all sorts of fun activities that I once just dreamt of as a fat kid on a couch. Yeah. So it's like being being able to prove to yourself that you are mendable and what you can do but on a typical day-to-day basis for me now you know five days a week i get up and and go to a hot yoga class now that's been my that's been my drug i don't know there's something about 110 degrees and humidity for an hour while standing and balancing (laughs) and doing push-ups and ab crunches with 60 other people that just is like nothing else can go wrong for the rest of the day that sucked yeah, that's good. We we've got into cryo cryotherapy. Yeah, we, and it, it's been a little bit since we've gone, but that Still actually haven't tried it. It's nice. Oh, I need to try oh, it. I've done good. lots I'll of the ice you. bath things, but I haven't done the. It, it's like a slap to the face. Like if if you're just not feeling up for the day, you're in a little bit of pain. Yeah, it's like you sit in this cryotherapy tank, and there's someone they're just like, wake up, and you just slap, 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 slap to your face. And you're like, all right, I got the day's good now. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's roll. It took you a long time to say yes to the first trip. Though. I was nervous. I don't like the cold. I, as you can tell, like I don't have so a have lot of that. Have you done ice baths? No, I want to. We Never. need to go. No, and, and I actually told Never. him the other day. I said, should I go out and buy one of those little tubs and put it in the backyard filled with cold water, and we'll be like Ty. We'll sit in the ice bath in the morning. And there's like companies that make really cool ones now. Yeah. They're like actual tubs that'll heat and cool. There's something behind it. A lot of yeah. people believe in it. And and just like you, like for those listening, if you can already tell the attitude that Ty has, like it's that mindset thing that just gets you driven to get through the day. And a lot of people have routines that help them. And ice baths are becoming extremely popular. There's a lot of influencers or successful people out there that do something like an ice bath or cryotherapy or, or an or ice cold shower, ice cold shower in the morning. If you don't have access to an ice yeah. bath, just turn it cold and and I believe it's, and, and I've never done it, so I can't speak to it, so I'll ask you, but it's more of a discipline thing, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I was introduced to it. It's been probably three and a half years now um, that I, I, I ended up having this friend on the internet. His name's Ryan. He's a massage therapist. He used to work out at the gym that I worked out on, and I always, like, watched him and, like, the U of U players just, like, crush the gym, and they were just big, giant men, and I'm like, I want to be like him one day. Seems so intimidating, but he's like the most soft, well-spoken, gentle human I've met. And he's an amazing massage therapist as well. But him and his boys were always posting up in the river up American Fort Canyon. There's snow on the, you know, the ends of the river and they're sitting in the river. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Why? He's like, I'm like, why, why are you doing that? He's like, come with me on Saturday and I'll teach you everything I know. And I thought I was, I thought I was pretty hot at that point. Like I thought I was doing pretty good. 
And uh, I ended up, that was the first hot yoga class that I actually had ever attended was that time. And we were out at Thanksgiving Point, went and did a, a hot yoga class for an hour. And then we drove up American Fort Canyon where it had recently snowed that night before. And there's still a little bit of snow on the banks. And he's like, that's a good place to sit down. And he's, I'm like, well, how long are we staying? And he's like, well, it depends on how long you, it's going to take you to learn a lesson. <laughs> and my ego got to me, right? Oh, this, totally. this dude's sitting in the river with me. And Ryan's sitting there and he gets out at 10 minutes and takes a picture of me and I'm giving him some thumbs up like, yay, this is fun, right? <laughs> but I'm just like hypothermic and numb now at this point because it's like yeah. river water flowing over you like an ice bath. You can kind of warm that up. Like you're insulating the layer, but like running river water, like that's a whole different thing. I'm seeing like Kevin Costner in the, the movie, The Guardian, remember? Oh, he's yeah. he's like, <laughs> the class is just to teach him about hypothermia. And he's like, yeah, in about 30 seconds, they'll know or whatever the quote is. Yeah. But he just shoves everyone in a cold ice bath so they learn about hypothermia. Yeah. That's yeah. like, that's what's going through my mind right now. Is you got the Kevin Costner treatment. Seriously. And I'm, I mean, I'm in there and I'm breathing and I feel like I'm, feel like I'm normal. You know, I'm just sitting in it, but you're numb at that point. Another 10 minutes lapse. So we sat 20 minutes and he's like, oh, we're probably good, right? He's finally like, this is the limit, right? We get out of the river. And I step on the rocks and my feet just instantly, I'm like, ow, right? Oh, like, yeah. And he's just standing on him, wraps his towel around his waist, doesn't put it around <laughs> his shoulders, just dripping wet, right? He's barefoot walking up. I'm trying to shove my foot in my vans and I'm about to cry because it hurts so bad because my oh. skin's like numb and frozen and just like felt like it was burnt. He just walks up at normally, get up to the top. He's like, man, I'm really impressed. You did a good job. Gives me a hug, gets in the car with his two boys and they just took off. And, and then, and then I'm, I'm standing there by himself. I'm standing there like next to my truck, like, oh my God, what did I just do? Why did I just do that? I am in pain. Like this sucks. I'm shivering uncontrollably, trying to take my wet trousers off, put my sweats <laughs> on. I've got the truck running, the seat warmer on. It's 90 degrees. And I start trying to drive down the canyon. I'm shivering so bad. I'm going to wreck. Like I really was uncontrollable. Couldn't see shivering. And I remember like screaming at the top of my lungs, like, why? Up? And I'm just, like, just dying. That finally mellowed out after like 15 minutes. And then the heater was blowing on me and I finally dethawed. but I shivered from there all the way back to Murray. Oh, I bet. And then I went and took a hot shower to warm up. And then the next morning I felt like a million bucks. It was the craziest thing. And I don't know if it's the near death experience that got me there. Cause I damn near like went <laughs> hypothermic and died or what it was. But then after that, it was like a cold shower every day since then. And you know, I've been doing ice bath still and I still do dabble in that. But I think, you know, five minutes is plenty. If you're going to sit in the ice, I think a minute is like, like that's plenty to get your blood pumping and get the parasympathetic nervous system going and, mm -hmm. you know, try to learn to not react to fight or flight because i guess that's one of the biggest things that it's taught me now when i look at retrospect from dying and don't get me wrong i still don't even have the courage to ever go <laughs> 20 minutes ever where like you go to wim hof he's sat in a nice bath for over an hour and he doesn't even change his internal body temperature right yeah, wow. crazy. so there are levels of like you can strengthen it and obviously my boy ryan like he didn't even, didn't even bother him didn't even phase him he's just like that tough of a dude right I don't know how you end up getting that thick of a skin or how that actually ends up working. Cause I still am far from his <laughs> level of manliness, but you know, that, uh, the ice will teach you something else. And then also just, you know, stress is stress. That's the way I look at it. Okay. So your day to day stress or your parasympathetic nervous system sitting in a cold bath, like that's a stressor. Like it's the same reaction on the brain, in my opinion, and learning to, to control that scenario under a stressful situation where now I can get in a cold bath yeah. and I can relax in it versus like, 
Yeah. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? You know, it's learning to release the panic brain because I think that there's that portion of it where you've been told it's cold, you've watched people react to the cold, and so that's your auto response is Mm -hmm. that's what I need to be doing when I'm in here. I need to tense up. I need to like, you know, where it's amazing when you learn like, no, I can let go in this. Like, I'm fine. I'm not going to die. Like, I didn't die at 20 minutes, so... You know, but I do believe there's that more of a mental shutoff in somebody's brain of they die in the cold because they just they're like I'm gonna freeze to death, <laughs> and then they just panic and die. It's well, natural I, reaction. Yeah. Well, I and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out a limb here. I don't think it's like a really a, a mental disconnect or shutoff. There's actually proven therapeutic benefits from inducing hypothermia. Really good example here, and I'm gonna make some assumptions in this comment, but a really good example is cerebral palsy. Um, cerebral palsy causes what's called hypoxemic encephalopathy, which is, in essence, a lack of oxygen to the blood, blood, heart, and brain. So if a newborn uh, or a potential newborn is strangulated by an umbilical cord or something else happens where that baby can't get air, um, that's what causes brain damage. And there's actually products and technology out there in the healthcare market that can reverse that by inducing hypothermia. Wow. So by inducing hypothermia, it, it does exactly kind of what you did. It, it shuts everything down. Your, your body tells the brain to shut down to save the organs, mm-hmm. uh, or at least in that instance. So by inducing hypothermia, it actually slows down that conversation that your body's having internally. And it says, hold on now, let's not release those chemicals. Right. <laughs> let's chill. Let's relax here. Um, and then there's, and this has to happen relatively quick after birth. I think there's like a seven hour window from birth. So you have to know right away and get them cooled. Yeah. Uh, and they've, there's even technologies, ice packs, but there's equipment they use out there. But anyway, it's a proven thing that it reverses the onset of cerebral palsy. Interesting. Well, that's and that's crazy. just by inducing hypothermia. There's Maybe. also uh, uh, times where there's car accidents and they do it to adults who are uh, going in for like potential brain damage. They have adult hypothermic machines. So what you're saying is a hundred percent accurate and it's proven and it actually is a way to, you know, whether it's stress (laughs) stressors or whether it's chemical reactions or whatever it is, it does something. Yeah. It's like hitting the reset button for your body. Yeah. And Ty's Ty's chosen to do it every day and it's just improving. That's something you've chosen to do that helps you improve every day. Now it started as like a bet with a friend, like let's see if we do this for 30 (laughs) days. And then it was like, no, I like this. Then I was like, okay, well, if you don't get out, out of bed in the morning and go to the gym, then you get to take a cold shower right out of bed, and that's what you get. You don't get a hot shower, right? So it's like, get out of bed, and now just can you discipline yourself to be the one that's like, no, that's what you get. You should have gone to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. But it was also like that energizer. But now it's like a cold shower to me is just like pleasure. Like I yeah. enjoy it. Cold water is painful. I, <laughs> I've, been, I've been wake surfing like in really cold water where yeah. it's – 40 something degrees. Yeah. And uh, like it, it's brutally painful. It, it it's is definitely not Pins and needles. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Okay. All right. I'm going to put a little asterisk next to our conversation earlier when we we're talking about reviews. So by no means was I iterating that Envision has negative reviews. I'm just talking about <laughs> the, the I com- didn't assume Honestly, that. <laughs> I, there's well, only a couple and you know, yeah, some of them say that we're too expensive, and I'm like, well, that's actually a compliment. So thank you. Well, you, you get what you pay. There. You get what you pay, what you pay for. for. Yeah, it's like expense is such a funny, a funny thing, right? Because expense is so relative to whatever you've created. Like Sizzler, yes, sells a steak. Ruth Chris, yes, sells a steak. Those are two different total prices. different experiences too. Two totally different purchased cow thoughts. Like 
there's so much more dynamic that can go into every business that you're trying to create. And I think that's one of the biggest things is choose your clientele. What is that that you're going to do? But then also what kind of value are you going to add to your process, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's still the biggest key is there's always value you can add to the service rather than subtract from it. Instead of trying to be cheaper, try to present more options, right? Maybe you can go get your car tinted somewhere else. And yes, you could sit on a van chair that's been taken out of a van in their waiting room, mm-hmm. or you can come play my simulator and sit in a massage chair. Like, so I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to talk the about experience that experience that you want to sell. And I think that's where you go back to customer services. What are you going to provide for your customer? I mean, I, I had one of my customers, he said, all you need is a few good people in your life. And that's really the reality is those few good people just cannonball into a million good people. And I've been fortunate to do that. But what do you have to do to keep your customers around? And that's just making sure you're taking care of them, the highest priority, right? So I'm going to talk about that because I have a real world experience. And I've been to a lot of people to tint my cars. I like to share the love. I mean, I have friends with your competitors who are your friends too. But um, I, I've taken my car to a lot of different people. And the experience I had at Envision, yeah, I paid more, but I got treated extremely fair uh, with the experience and what you did for me that day. So I'm going to read the text that I sent you after. Along, I remember I sent you the ass. Do you remember that? Seeing my, <laughs> from your massage the, chair. Because my massage chair worked yeah. you so good. Yeah. yeah. You need some more massages. Yeah. So <laughs> I said, I, said uh, I had to leave quickly. So I said, hey, buddy, sorry I had to jet out quickly. But. Thank you for the ride to the mall, comma, the deep tissue massage, comma, the kombucha, comma, and for fitting me into the schedule last minute to tip my truck. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. You don't get that going anywhere. You, you, I showed up. I was going to Uber to the mall to kill time because you said you needed it for an hour and a half or so. So I was calling my Uber. You said, well, I'm going up the street anyway. Hop in. All right. So not only did you give me a ride over to the mall, when I came back from the mall, you had kombucha on tap in the corner and you had two different flavors and they're both fantastic. Crew kombucha, man. They make some good kombucha. They actually supply a lot of the restaurants in Salt Lake too. So if there's like kombucha on tap, it's most likely theirs. Yeah. I need to get some here. I need to get That's some good, here. man. We can get um, a tap. It lasts a while. And then, uh, you know, it took a little bit longer. So you came out and said, hey, do you want me to set up the simulator? You have a car racing simulator in the front. Or you said, hey, go go grab a ma- massage. So I actually grabbed my booch and I went and got the massage, <laughs> which ended up... I'm going to put a picture of my ass on this video, I think. Mm. But, oh, nice. But it got worse. I know. I'm the one that took that photo. You said It got me good. Like <laughs> He hands me his phone and says, take this. And he bends over. And I'm like, uh, what is that from? You were really trying to get in there. Your lower back been hurting? <laughs> yeah. It felt good. Actually, yeah, my back was hurting after that. Uh, before that. But but nonetheless, like I showed up. You took care of me end to end. And I have a feeling it's not just because we're friends. Like, you have the boot for a reason. You have the massage chair for a reason. You have the simulator for a reason. Yeah. Even when you sit in your lounge, you have a comfortable couch. You have a television. You have the most recent Motor Trend magazine sitting on the table. You have a very nice aesthetic appeal, so it's comfortable. You don't feel like you're in a grungy oil shop. Yeah, it's, right? it's one of the things when I remember getting wheels and tires at any place. It doesn't matter. Or an oil change at Jiffy Lube. It's like, this is awkward and it echoes in here. Yeah, yeah and, and it's, it's uncomfortable, and it's and that kid just screamed really loud, and, yeah, and exactly, it's like exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's that customer service experience that you've built that um, it is it's a couple notches up, and even choosing the product, it, you had a menu, so the options were, hey, I I have a budget brand for you if you're trying to fit within a budget. I have a mid grade brand, like if you want 
XYZ benefits, or I have this premium brand, which it's pretty expensive, but it does all this cool stuff mm -hmm. for you. So not only did I get to choose how much I paid, so yeah, I paid more, but I was probably getting the budget brand from the other guys. Right. right? But I never, oh, I didn't really have that full option. Right, right. And then I got treated really well where, <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you want to go have kombucha on tap sitting in the lobby and, and, and hang out with the employees? Like everyone came out. What's up? How you doing? Is that your truck back there? Oh, it's cool. Like you need anything like your employees live that brand as well. They yeah, live the Envision really brand. grateful for all of them. There's just a bunch of rock stars. And I think that's, I find a lot of, a lot of people that own businesses complaining to me that, uh, that it's hard to find good help. And I realize that the majority of those people, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's a lot more difficult to employ somebody at a Chick-fil-A than it is at Envision because of our opportunities, but it is still a hard thing to employ because there are a lot of people that just want to be at Envision for their own clout, right? right. They want to be there to take a picture in front of the Ferrari rather than actually have the, the knowledge and respect of what it takes to be able to be around that, right? And so it is hard to find those people, but what I found is that if you think that there's hard to get good people, then you need to fire the people that you're working around because they're obviously the ones that you're complaining about, but you're not willing to admit it. Right. Cause that's the reality. Right. Cause it's hard to find good people. Cause you're holding on to the lead weight that you've had on there for the last five years because that person lo said they loved you or called you a brother or whatever it was. So you kept this person around, but lo and behold, you know, you're right. You can't find good employees because he's been the bad employee or whatever that is. But it's like, you know, the, the sooner that I figured out that I was being mistreated by my employee, the faster I grew to have an amazing team of individuals. And that's the thing that comes obviously later in starting a business. Like an employee is one thing. You just gotta, just gotta start somewhere with your passion. Like that's really it. Start somewhere and be passionate about it. I didn't know how to tint windows. I taught myself how to tint mm -hmm. windows. Like I had somebody give me a basic guideline and then I decided I wanted to be good at it no, that's not good enough. I'm going to rip that off again. And I had the willpower to continue to try and try again until it actually got better. Granted, I haven't always performed my best work throughout my entire life, but that really depends on how well you're taking care of yourself too. And I think that's still the biggest key component is like, I'm very fortunate that I've lived 15 years of my life dictating, choosing, being able to pretty much come and go as I please and, and do what I want. But I have also put in countless 20 hour days that were more stressful than I could even express on this podcast, right? Right. I think it's really cool that like, like Steve was saying of his experience at Envision, everyone there, not only are they positive, but they all live the brand. It's not your brand. It's the brand. Like they all live for Envision. They all have the same passion that you have. Like it's, it's really appealing and like attractive. How, how do you, how have you gotten there? You know, I wish I actually knew. <laughs> even, even around town, too, it's you know, pretty common to see the Envision stamp on a lot of cars. It's a just, sticker, right? yeah. There's, there's people that, that believe in you, and they like what you've done or what you do for yeah. everyone in the, the car game. What the brand town. is, yeah. Yeah, you do the cars and coffee, right, yeah. where people love going to that. Yeah, last Sunday of every month. That's a good one, too. It's 9 to 11, so if you do guys want to come down to it, you should come down to it. It's a, So it's last a Sunday of every month, what's the address for that? Yeah, 4894 South Commerce Drive. And so it's just in Murray. Everybody gets the opportunity to see some really cool cars. Oh, yeah, we, we, get a, we get a wild selection, and what I really love the most about our cars and coffee is we get everything from a million-dollar supercar you know, down to a really amazing built Subaru still, right? Yeah. Like, I love that there's still such a large car culture that gets drawn to Envision. It's not just, oh, they just do supercar stuff. Granted, we do work on a lot of that kind of vehicle, but I love that we get this 
I mean, we, we sometimes have low riders come through. We've had groups of hot rodders and rat rods come through. I mean, it's just, it's been, it's been so cool to see what, uh, what that cars and coffee has become. And it's all because of other employees that I've actually drawn into my life too. Cause that wasn't even my vision. That was Nate's vision and Trevor's vision to do the cars and coffee. So, I mean, I think that's the other biggest key is obviously you cannot grow a business with out like-minded, positive thinking individuals that you're going to surround yourself with. And I owe the majority of the growth of this company from you know, the last six years really to the good people that have been around helping push this brand, helping believe in this brand and helping nurture it to become what it's become. Because I mean, just down to our website and our Instagram and all of these things that, you know, other employees are doing for us to make mm-hmm. this look and be as known as it is because of everybody's attentive details. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I, I That's something that I think, at least for me, is super inspiring about what you've created is not only like the the success you've gained, but the team you've created. It's really cool to see that everyone's on the same page. Everyone's happy. You don't have like the negativity. It's just when people think about Envision, they think, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I want to be a part of it. I want to put a sticker on my car. Like it, it's just, it just beams with positivity. I don't know. It's, it's really cool. It really is. I, I, I could have never dreamt it to have gotten to this point though. Like that's also that weird dynamic, right? Right. Started with like drive. I'm going to tint these windows. I don't want to work for anybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. To now I work for 20 people. So like, you know, I don't want to work for anybody else. Turned out to be those 20 people plus their kids, plus their wives. So I do go to work for a lot of people every single day. Right. And I need to show up and become my best self so I can hopefully be influential to them and help them strive in, a, in, in their own fields. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, I never pictured myself needing to go from, no, I'm driven artist. I'm going to tint windows to now I've got to learn how to lead 20 men to become their best selves or 20 people to become their best selves. It's like, you know, the dynamic changes and then the, and the why obviously is where it changes so much throughout time. But, but as long as you're willing to learn, you're, you're willing to fail. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Being willing to fail and accept failure is huge. Well, it's like this one time when one of my employees dropped a brand new wheel on a Taycan Turbo S rotor Ugh. and their carbon ceramic. And it's like you can nick just the edge of a carbon ceramic rotor and it'll crack. It'll break a little chunk out of it. It could still work, yes, but I'm not going to... Put it back. I'm not going to hide that. I'm not yeah. going to hide that. And yeah. I obviously I had to call my client and tell him like I damaged one of your rotors and I've got it on order and you won't be able to have your car back now for however long that is. But at the end of the day, it's like a mistake's happened. How fast are you going to solve the problem and how much accountability are you going to give yourself for it? And by having that attitude versus trying to lie, trying to be deceitful, trying to not say we did that, would my business be here today? No. Like, that's why. Because I'm willing to say, no, here's a $5,000 clock now that I have hanging on my wall. Isn't that a neat clock? Because that's <laughs> Guess what how I, I have. got it. Yeah. yeah. And you've learned from a lot of those moments. I mean, just going back from what I've seen is you've had a couple break-ins. You got better security. Yep. You ha- you were robbed and had a car stolen from you. You found the car, and now you make sure that's not going to happen again. Like <laughs> He knows <laughs> how to find that car. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. all about that story. You know how to use the, the Facebook AI detective <laughs> part. <laughs> That uh, was a good one. That's, bad, it, yeah. bad that's a whole time, episode in its own, man. I think the whole rough. city was looking for your car at yeah, that time. I was so grateful for the power of social media at that point <laughs> and how fast. I feel oh, like yeah. it definitely helped that individual not move the car quicker yeah. Oh, yeah. because of the heat that was on it. And it's it's amazing that it even 
was something that I ended up getting back. Power of the community. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's amazing. Well, let's, um, I want to wrap up just with just one thought here. And this is a question we've had the other day. In fact, we were driving, we got a call from a good friend of ours the other day. And the question was like, man, my business is stagnant. I feel like I'm doing everything I can. I feel like I'm doing what you told me. I'm living my brand. I'm updating my website. I have literature, but I'm not growing. Like, how can you go get more clientele? What is it in your mind that helps you be more successful and continue to fill that book every single day with appointments? Is it, I know there's, if you knew the the answer to this immediately, like you have a crystal ball, but, and it's dependent on your business, but is it all around like customer service? Is it those who are around you? Is it the the power of positive network? Uh, Is it uh, advertising? Is it cultural events like your cars and coffee? Or is it a combination of everything? But what is it that, really think has helped you think has helped your business grow just by doing these small compounding habits in the early days of like social media, huge, huge help, huge growth still is a huge marketing tool for me for sure. I I probably wouldn't even use it if it wasn't for my business because of how powerful of a marketing tool it still is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we stay on that, but, um, you know, my, my personally thing that I think helped my business is when I, first got my Denali when I first got a nice truck to advertise on Mm -hmm. because I was advertising exactly what I wanted to do for my business. Right. And so I was able to show that off in a way. So for my business, I think that was a big turning point when we bought the R8 and wrapped it in snow camo and put a Christmas tree on it and made it a fun little video. I forgot about that. Drove it through the snow, rallied it. Like those little moments obviously drew attention, negative, positive, still doesn't matter. It drew attention. Mm -hmm. You were talking about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting people talking about you in any way is a positive thing in my eyes, even if it is a negative thing, because it allows somebody to look you up and figure it out for themselves. Maybe I guess if they really want to continue down the road of judgment from somebody else's perspective, but you know, advertisement isn't really anything that I have to do anymore. I mean, it's just aside from what we have now, right. Our website's continuously updated, which is nice. Nate does a really good job at making sure all the photos on it are really nice. You can click through, see the mods that we've done to cars. I mean, those type of things I think definitely are a huge benefit for a business, right? Is when you can get an established website that shows your work because then somebody can land there, click on it for an hour and be like, wow, I got to go here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the biggest things that you said too, for me with, with some of the companies I've been part of or helped run is, is, and I said it earlier on one of our social media podcasts that we did with Lindy, but it's living your brand. Yeah. You know, you know, we are our own business card in essence, I guess. And there's probably a lot of ways you can say that. Um, but people see right through that where you bought a truck and you did what you wanted to do to everyone else's vehicle. And they saw you driving around town. They saw the passion you put in the vehicle. I saw how much you love what you're doing. They're saying, okay, I need to go to Thai because I want that attitude in this car. Right. Mm-hmm. And with my off-road companies, it was the same thing where I live my brand. I went camping every weekend. I went to every off-road mm-hmm. event you can think of. And it got to the point where people would recognize my rig. I had it wrapped and it was bright green and everyone yeah. knew the, the bright green rig that I had or razor, whatever you want to call it, the car, the bike, the, <laughs> the bike. There's so many, <laughs> so many things people call them. But anyway, um, people would recognize me and they'd come up to ride with Steve, not the owner of the company, not the you know, the guy that has the razor, but they'd come to spend time with me personally. Right. And what was cool about that is whenever someone needed a product that I sold, they would say, you need to go see Steve, my buddy, not the company that Steve has. You need right. to go see Steve. So people call me and say, Hey, I've heard good things about you. I don't even know what you sell, but my friend gave me your phone number. Like, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, well, 
here I am. Like the first thing, let's go riding. And then second, yeah, I'll get you some stuff. Like, yeah. I'll help you out. Right. But it was about living that brand. And I think that that shines through in what you do. And I think that that's the most successful business I have. And you could probably like throw them on a carousel in your mind of the most successful businesses you can think of. Like micro dirty jobs. Yeah. Like micro is dirty jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's successful because that's him as a guy. He truly believes in that. Yeah. And he still continues to do that. In fact, they just relaunched dirty jobs. Yeah. yeah. It's been off the air for like 10 plus years and people still talk about it every day. They just relaunched it. Yeah. So, so I think living that brand is really important. Um, well, Ty, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been a good conversation, a lot of fun. I learned a lot, learned a lot about you. It's nice to rekindle some of those old memories that we've had way back when. I forgot <laughs> that I, I did a couple of those. I even, I remember I still have a bear. Yeah, the bear picture on the wall back there. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, Rob's Wildlife. Rob's Wildlife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a good dude. I, I think we, uh, we need to give Whitney huge props, though. Oh, yeah. putting up with ties. There's no, there's no question. 20 plus hours. And I wouldn't, days. I would not be who I am. If it wasn't for that woman. That's like, that's a cold hard truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is it's a, it's the power of all of it together. Right. There's not just one dynamic that's brought me to today. It's all of the things that I've had to overcome, all of the different addictions, all of the old past traumas that I needed to mm-hmm. deal with. And the things that she's helped me even grow through, like it's just, Again, like I'm very grateful to have met everybody that I've met along the way, and I couldn't be happier to where we are. Let's see yeah. where it uh, where it goes in the next ten years. Yeah, it's yeah. hard hard to do it alone. Uh, yeah. There's there's a couple of books I'll mention for those following. Uh, there is one that's a little bit explicit, but it's by M J DeMarco. It's called Unscripted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about different triggers in your life that might force you to take the entrepreneurial route. So if you're living on the edge, you're in that corporate job, and you've thought, hey, I want to do something different. Unscripted is a fantastic book. Um, the one that I'd recommend that benefited me the most is unfortunately I have had some bad things happen in business that I've started because of the pre-work I didn't decide to do. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is making sure that if you're in a partnership, you both agree on, on the why you right. both agree on what needs to be done. So there's a book called the partnership charter and it kind of takes you through almost like a prenuptial agreement for starting a business where you have to understand like, okay, if these things happen, which hopefully they never do, but if right. they do, here's what we would do in those scenarios. So yeah. partnership charter is fantastic. If you're thinking about starting a business, you don't want to do it on your own. You need your help. Make sure you consult with somebody who's built a partnership or established a partnership, read up on it, make sure you agree uh, before you get started. Cause you'll save a lot of time and a lot of energy. And then there's profit first. So profit is, it helps you control your finances in and out where normally the way we think, and this is even with investing and everything is we pay the bills first. And then whatever's left over, we go to dinner, go to sushi, we indulge, we do whatever else. Yeah. So it actually, it can help outside of the business world too. But um, Profit First teaches you to fill those, those accounts that help you grow first and then survive on what's left. So instead right. of getting the big fancy building, you know, invest in, pay yourself, right? If you're running a business and you haven't taken a paycheck and that's going to burn you out and you want to get paid, then pay yourself first and sacrifice elsewhere. Yeah. But Profit First helps you distribute the money beforehand and then you pay for all the rest after. And it's kind of a unique principle. It's a lot like investing where uh, really you should pay yourself first out of your paycheck. And when I say pay yourself, 401k, health insurance, um, your own salary, everything that you need, pay yourself and then make it a goal to live on less than half of the re- what's left over. Right. Yeah. Right. So pay yourself, invest, invest in your 401k, invest in stocks, 
and then survive on the rest. But anyway, Profit First helps with that too, with setting up different accounts for your business to be structured appropriately. So those who are starting new businesses, definitely read what's out there. There's a lot of good books. Those are some good ones that I like to, to recommend to people. But even just mentoring or finding mentors that have yeah. done something different. Surround Go yourself in- with like positive people. I mean, I'm super grateful that I've known Ty for 16 plus years and it's incredible to see like where he started and where he's become. And Ty is one of hundreds of friends that we've seen grow businesses from nothing, from working on a car in their shop to now owning a race team to not doing anything to owning their own construction company. Like there are so many friends that we have that are so wildly successful that I think it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded people and who people like people you look up to people who you aspire to be like. Yeah, I can't remember who was saying it. It might've been like a Tony Robbins or something, but you should surround yourself with three different types of people. Yep. Um, and you know, one of them you should always surround yourself with, and it's usually the rule of thirds, right? So spend equal amounts of time with each group, but you spend 33% of your time with those who maybe need you as a mentor. So those who want to get to where you are at currently in life, then you spend a third of your your time with someone who is at the same level as you. You spend a third of your time with someone who is where you want to be. Yeah. And what it does is it grounds you because you, you've learned where you had to come from. You, you don't lose sight of your roots. So you can say, okay, I'm mentoring this person and I went through these things. Now I remember I need to stay humble here. Yep. Then on the equal level, you can say, Hey, there's a lot of forks in the road I can take. I can do what this person is doing. That's in a similar state that I am, or I can do something different and you can learn from one another. And then if you have someone that mentors you, that is wildly successful and you define that however you want in your own mind, um, then you can learn how they found success in their life. And by doing all three, you find a really good balance and it keeps you grounded and Mm -hmm. humble and you make sure you don't get too far ahead of yourself. It's important. Um, So that's something that I I wish I could remember who said it. If I find it, I'll put it in the video. Um, But yeah, it's it's kind of a cool thing that I've always liked to live by too, is just surround yourself with all walks of life. Yeah. Be diverse. Just everybody can can contribute something and don't get upset when someone disagrees with you. I think there's not one person that I can say that on this face of the earth that I have a grudge against. I'm grateful for every lesson, even the person that robbed me to me, (laughs) there's a lesson lesson to learn in every opportunity in every situation in life. And it's your attitude on it, whether you're going to be pissed at that person for the rest of your life or whatever that is, but that's all that's doing is hurting you. So at the end of the day, like there's nobody, I know I've wronged plenty of plenty of people and I feel bad if they hold anything against me from what I've done in my past. Cause I obviously meant no harm, but yeah. the reality is, is what somebody else is thinking is their own problem, right? Yeah. That's very all that true. really matters. It's very true. And, and we disagree for a reason. There's a reason there's a right and a left, right? Yeah. Yep. If, if we all agreed, nothing would ever get done. For sure. I think yeah, there needs to be an argument about some stuff, right? Yeah, there needs to be an argument. And, and how many things have we done because our parents told us not to, and then we actually enjoyed what we did. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a hard reason. To, uh... <laughs> Ty laughs. Yeah. I think, I, I don't think I've ever told my parents this. And if my dad's listening to it, he'll probably be like, your dad oh. is like our, one of our two listeners. Yeah. He's, yeah. Your dad and my dad are Just our kidding. top <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> they, I think they've, if they haven't hit the bell, they will right now. Hit the we'll belt. Ties dad to the list. But I think one of the, <laughs> I definitely wasn't ready to buy a house when I bought a house. No. You know, and there's no reason I should have. Like my parents treated me well. I, yeah. I lived rent free and their only rule is that I had to have a full-time job and contribute and help out. Right. So I had it pretty easy and I started looking for houses and, and my dad was like, Hey, I don't think you can do this. You're not ready for it. Right. And 
on paper, I shouldn't have. Right. <laughs> I did not make enough money. Granted, houses were way cheaper back in 2012, oh, gosh, 2013. That house was like $200,000. They were, yeah, less than that. Um, but with the amount of money I made back then, um, it definitely wasn't affordable. Yeah. But I had a really nice brand new lifted Tundra, Tundrina yeah. at the time. Her name mm. was Tundrina. Ah, oh, I had the biggest crush on Adrina from the hills, which is why I named <laughs> my Tundra Tundrina. But anyway, like I had a Tundra. I had a lot of things that I paid for. And I decided to sacrifice and say, I don't need that anymore in my life. I sold the Tundra. I actually got a WRX. I got a, a You joined the club. I joined I joined the club. I put a tow hitch on the back to take my dirt bike. So my priorities were my WRX, my dirt bike. I got rid of everything else. I didn't have this nice brand new tundra. And I went and bought a house. And ultimately I think the motivation was because I was told that I couldn't or I wasn't ready. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, disagreeing life is awesome. It, it forces you. It forces you to say Okay, I'll show you. I'm going to go do that. So, and I think it was the right decision. Yeah, but it was like, I'm going to teach you a lesson, but the reality (laughs) is it taught you a lesson. Right. Right. I was my own sensei. (laughs) Who would have thought? (laughs) They were right. (laughs) Shaman windbreaker Steve. Yeah. (laughs) I found just jumping in, man. I think that's really it. Like, there's not a right time for anything. It's just times now. If it happens, it it happens. So true. Yeah. Yeah. You'll learn. Yeah. If you're willing to. Yeah. Some people aren't though. You just got to be willing. That's it. You got to be, be willing. willing to fail. And even if you fail, it's the worst that happens. You Failures, fail. Yeah. I mean, the best. like I even look at it and I even have this conversation with my wife. I'm like, let's say tomorrow it's all over. We've had a good run. Yeah. It's been fun. <laughs> had a great True. time. Yes, yeah. on to the next, the next, whatever the next is. I don't know what that is, but he'll he'll yeah. go back to buckle. I mean, again, like Buck, you want to work at a chocolate store? <laughs> I will. I will ride it out till as far as I can. But it's like that idea that it's like that you can't worry about it failing because it could. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The recession could still be a thing that's upon us. That's looming. Right. Who maybe knows? this happens. I don't know. Who knows? Bitcoin could get to a million. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe it drops to nothing and we all lose our money. We don't know. Yep. I mean, that's the reality is it's all, all of it's just like, we're just betting on just hopefully this is the future. So you might as well go in all on, on yourself. Like, cause that's really the only person that can make it happen anyway. You yeah. can control that. Yeah. yeah. And that's when I've learned the most too, is when I failed miserably, right. With anything in life, whether it's bad decisions I've made when I was younger or whether it's just doing the wrong project at work or, or whatever, yeah. like the best thing that ever happened to you. You learn from it. Yeah. Right. And then you talk about that and someone says, Hey, I did that too. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have a synergy and say, well, let's both not do that again. Right. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, Ty, thank you for coming on. I've learned a lot. It's been a great conversation. I wish we could talk more because I have questions all about your Baja racing and the helicopter and everything, but we'll maybe, do a tie episode number two. Yeah. Tie episode number yeah, two. I'd love we to could, come back. We could it's talk fun hanging out. Awesome. Well, you're welcome anytime. And I think we need to go take up an ice bath or something. I'd love to do that. Let's go put him in let's American Let's make it happen. Canyon. Yeah. Let's go sit in the river. Let's do it. Let's I'll river. be up there this weekend. Let's go. Oh, All right. boy. Let's do it. It's on. Let's do it. We should go mountain biking and then rivering. You got Ooh, it. River sitting. You got Anywho. it. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Find Grizzly Habits. We are on social media, grizzly.habits on YouTube and every podcast platform. Make sure you hit the like, subscribe, and the notification bell to be informed of when we launch new content or subscribe to one of our podcast channels. Follow Stephanie at Stephanie Builds It for her equity and trade. And then Tyrell at Automotive Personalized or automotivepersonalized.com. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming, Ty. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs)